Hey, Billy, why don't we tell them what we're about, man? So we're here to welcome you to the Madhouse Chronicles. It's a talk show with myself, Billy Morrison. And me, and This man, Prince of Darkness. And we watch and react to the maddest internet clips. What do we discuss, Ozzy? Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, all that kind of shit. Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, and all that kinds of shit. Come and join Ozzy and myself. Visit OsborneMediaHouse.com to get special access to... Come to, on! What do you say? Do you think it's the wildest show on the internet? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Honest Art Podcast. I'm your host, Jody King. As an artist for 20 years, instructor, speaker, author, and fellow rebel, I've worked with thousands of people around the world, from beginners to established artists, helping them create their strongest art and build a career doing what they love. So if you are ready to have a little fun while you learn about art, creativity, building a thriving art business, and living a bold, audacious life, you are in the right place. Also, if you're considering going pro in your art business, grab the PDF in the show notes on the five things they don't teach you in art school. All right, let's get messy. There are all kinds of reasons we put off or just simply don't prioritize our own creativity. Like maybe there's a cobweb in the corner or the dishwasher needs emptying. I've used all of these. And there are always um, going to be reasons for us to put off creativity. But here's the thing. Once we begin, there still are other things that we do that keep us from our best, most powerful art. So on today's episode, we're going to tackle these, like tackle them to the ground in order to finally overcome these five creative challenges so that we can make our most energetic, powerful, amazing, honest art ever. All right, let's get into it. The five creative challenges. The number one, and this can't be understated, is self-doubt, also known as imposter syndrome, but I feel like I overuse that term. But regardless of what we call it, it feels a little bit like, who do I think I am? It feels like self-criticism. And it can stem from a fear of being judged. But more often than not, we as the artists are the ones judging ourselves before we ever get started. But when we break it way down, what it's really all about is fear. It's fear of looking stupid, fear of failing, fear of succeeding, fear of being seen. We are artists. It takes a ton of courage to turn ourselves inside out. Listen, even if we're just painting flowers, we're taking our vision or our feelings that we keep on the inside and putting them on the outside of ourselves. That shit is scary and it feels really, really vulnerable, especially knowing that we may be judged you know, good or bad. And I found that from working with thousands of artists that comparing ourselves and our art to others can really amplify these feelings. We may have just 
completed a painting that we love. But we turn to Instagram or Pinterest and we see a piece of art that another artist has created and we begin to compare the piece that we loved 15 minutes ago to that piece and bam, we're doubting ourselves and our skills. Also, if you've ever had an art teacher like I did or anyone in authority criticize you or your art, it can exacerbate that self-doubt and it can exacerbate our negative self-talk. This will literally keep our asses away from picking up a paintbrush at all. So what is the antidote to self-doubt? The first thing is name it, call it out. Bring it into the light. We can't heal what we won't speak. So by acknowledging it, we can take the wind out of that motherfucker's sails. One thing I do is I like to personify it because I'm competitive like that. And what I mean is if I give it a name, like Ursula, remember in Little Mermaid when Ursula was trying to steal, um, um, God, what's her name? Ariel, sorry. (laughs) Okay. When Ursula was trying to steal Ariel's voice, right? It was the, you know, Ursula against Ariel. So what I do is I like to give, you know, that self-doubt a name like Ursula and I make it a game. So it's me against them or me against her and once I know this once I've brought it into the light I've named it I've called it out then I just start the second antidote to self-doubt is doing remember I said I just start nothing shuts up self-doubt like being stubborn enough to do the damn thing anyway And you know, you guys, this applies to everything in life. When we're scared and we're nervous and we just do it anyway, it has a way of silencing so much of that self-doubt. So do the thing and watch self-doubt cower in the corner. But here's the thing. I found that self-doubt never truly goes away. It lingers. But the more we acknowledge it, the quieter it becomes. What was once a shout becomes a whisper. But it takes practice of showing up over and over and over again and building that muscle of courage. Another one of the creative challenges, but less esoteric, is time management. Many of us know the value of creativity. We know how good we feel when we take the time to create or to paint or to write or whatever your um, creativity is. There's even been scientific studies that prove how beneficial it is for our well-being, for anxiety, and for our limbic system. But unfortunately, we don't always make it a priority when we're looking at our calendars or managing our time and we don't think we can fit it all in. So what do we do? Just like exercise, if you found that you haven't been exercising or creating consistently, you need to put it on the calendar. You need to prioritize it. 
here's the thing. If we want to make better, like fucking amazing art, or if we want to overcome self-doubt, or if we want to, you know, quote, find our style, we've got to prioritize our creative time. There's literally no way around this. If you want to make better art more than anything else that you can do, the more you paint, the better you get. But like anything else, sports or business or or whatever, it takes discipline, which takes, you guessed it, time. I recently heard Venus Williams talking about the success that she and her sister Serena Williams have had, and she attributed it to, not surprisingly, to discipline, to showing up consistently. But it was how she described discipline that really caught my attention. She described discipline as freedom. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Here's what she said. When you have discipline, you get what you want. When you don't have discipline, you don't get what you want. With discipline, you are free to live your dream. You're free to do the things you love. So when we're thinking about our creative challenges, we can't ignore time management. Committing to our creativity by putting it on the calendar pays off in the quality of our art that we create as well as paying off in our overall well-being. Okay, creative challenge number three, finding inspiration. I don't know what to paint. Have you ever said that or heard that? I'm tired of what I've been painting, so I don't know what I should do next. Or I'm waiting for inspiration. I'm just going to say it. If you're searching for inspiration, you're not paying attention. You are the inspiration. You are all the inspiration you need. How do you feel? What do you see? What have you heard? Maybe it's a song lyric or a bird's song. Often we believe that in order to create something wonderful or meaningful or beautiful or powerful or whatever, we have to have some revelatory idea, you know, like some big aha. But it's actually the opposite. Inspiration feels more like curiosity. If you're writing, it could be starting with an idea for a location of the scene You don't even have to know where that scene is going. In fact, it's probably better if you don't. If you're painting, it can be starting with a color you're drawn to that day. The key is to not self-edit or extinguish those tiny seeds of curiosity. Those seeds are where the bloom originates. I was coaching an artist once who loved painting chairs just chairs, like simple chairs, nothing ornate, not fancy chairs, but you know, just like, you know, chairs. And she was struggling with self-doubt around painting such a simple item. She was like, you know, it's just a chair, but I love them. Now, I think it's important to note, she was actually selling some of these chairs, but she just wasn't 
understanding. She was self-editing the chairs. So as we unpacked this, we came to realize that these, quote, simple chairs were so much more powerful than she was giving them credit for. Think about chairs for a minute. Where do we find them? Where do we use them? Well, when we gather around the dinner table, chairs. When we're waiting for a loved one to come out of surgery, chairs. When we're sharing stories and vulnerabilities, what are we sitting on? Chairs. How fucking cool is that? Imagine if she hadn't followed that small seed of curiosity about chairs and instead was waiting for something fancier. Her collectors, you know, the world would have missed out on having their experiences, their conversations validated, all by simply painting chairs. The last thing I'll say about waiting for inspiration to create is if this is you, you've got it flipped around. Creativity doesn't work in that order. We don't wait for inspiration, get it, then show up and create amazing art. We show up. If you're a writer, it's called ass in chair. If you're a painter, it's still called ass in chair, but you add a little paint and then the inspiration comes to us. All right, creative challenge number four, fear of mediocrity. This is a creative challenge that so many of us face, especially if we're fairly new to our creative practice. It doesn't matter if you're a writer, a musician, a painter, a dancer, whatever. We have a fear that what we create will just be meh. But here's the thing. It will be. (laughs) When we're doing anything new, it's meh. It's not amazing, usually. And anyone who has ever had any success as a creative was meh when they started. So I'm a huge fan of Ed Sheeran. I love his soulful songwriting. I love his voice, his vibe, the whole thing. This guy has sold out the biggest stadiums in the world and has sold more than 150 million records worldwide. I can't even get my head around what that really is, but I know it's a lot. (laughs) Anyway, it makes him one of the world's best-selling musical artists. But I saw him do an interview where he was asked about his natural talent, and he just laughed, and he shared about how bad he was when he started And on this interview, he said, hold up a minute. I want to share this recording with you. And he pulled up a recording of him singing a song only a couple of years before his smash hit A-Team came out. He shared publicly how bad he sounded. I mean, y'all, and he really did sound terrible. It was so wonderful to hear Because I have such huge respect for someone who's going to say, no, I didn't start out great. I started out meh. Huge respect for that. So the key is he didn't give up. So yeah, we have a fear that what we'll create won't be a masterpiece. And likely it won't be. We've got to let that go. Instead, just be committed to it being honest. 
Speaking of honest art, this ties into the fifth creative challenge every artist faces. And that is considering the commodification of what we're creating over following our gut and creating honest art. Let me, let me explain. Okay, there is a real desire and need for many of us to create art that sells. I get that, and we can't minimize this. Eating and having a roof over our heads is no joke. Where it gets sideways, though, is when we start there. When we think we have to paint what sells over what we want to do. When we honor that commodification over our creative impulses, it reduces what we are able to create at all. So here's what I hear all the time from artists. I love abstract art, but I don't want to paint like that because abstract art doesn't sell. Or I love florals, but I don't want to paint florals because everyone paints florals. No, paint what you love. Follow your seeds of curiosity. Have fun. I mean, that's the most important thing. Have fun. Create from that place. Create from that excitement. Create what's calling you to create. That is where the magic happens, not the other way around. Hey, Black Friday is coming up, and if you've ever been someone who is interested in the color course for Rebels so that you can start creating truly fine art, or maybe you're interested in learning how to sell lots of art by creating a thriving art business, both the Art Biz for Rebels and the Color Course for Rebels are going to be on a deep discount on Black Friday weekend, November 24th through 27th. Who doesn't want to save lots of moolah and make lots of moolah while doing what you love? Be sure to get on my email list at the link in the show notes to get those Black Friday deals. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.